Well, welcome to another week of the podcast. Um, I don't even know if that's what you're supposed to say at the beginning of these things. I've never really done this. Um, So what we are doing is changing our podcast from just me preaching sermons in different places to me walking through the whole whole of Scripture. Um, And and I'm excited about this. In 2017, I'm just going to go from cover to cover, Genesis through Revelation, and we're following uh, uh, guidelines in Read Scripture. I don't know if you have the app Read Scripture yet, but there are thousands and thousands of people right now that are reading through the whole Bible in a year. And, and it's awesome because we get to fellowship about it every day. Everyone's reading the same passages. And uh, we, we made this app in conjunction with uh, the Bible Project, the guys up in Portland, who uh, create amazing little Bible shorts that tell you uh, about the themes of every book, the flow of the Bible. Um, And our our whole goal is we want everyone alone with God reading the Bible verse by verse through the whole thing. In fact, we want to try to make 2017 the year of the Bible where we just challenge everyone. Just read it. Read it for yourself. Don't just listen to what other people say about it, but read it yourself. And we've just had such amazing feedback from people who are finally just reading through the Bible for themselves. And so what I'm going to be doing in this podcast is just following the reading, the week's reading, and and I'm not going to be able to hit every single passage, but I want to walk through the Bible and uh, and, and hit some of the major themes. But uh, we'll just we'll just jump right into it. I mean, this if you haven't been following, this is a perfect time to start reading with us because we just jumped into the New Testament like two days ago. So with this podcast, I'm gonna I'm just gonna walk through the end of Second uh, Chronicles, the end of the Old Testament readings, um, and I know it feels terrible not to uh, jump into Matthew, but I'll I'll hit that next week. But um, also, let me apologize if you end up hearing some construction noises, sirens, whatever going on during this. Uh, there's a lot of construction going on outside. And, um, but who cares, right? Life is busy. And uh, we just get the word right in the middle of it. And um, this is really weird for me. <laughs> I'm just kind of staring into a microphone, imagining all you guys listening. And uh, hopefully you had a good week. Um, mine was kind of crazy. I don't know if you ever have those weeks where some terrible things happen but you're able to just see God in it. And so you're, you're okay. It's like, man, I'm seriously totally fine amidst these major things. And, uh, but then you, you know, you read the scriptures and you see how there's just so much parallel with life and going, gosh, look at what these guys went through. Gosh, this is nothing. And as as we go into Second Chronicles, I mean, it's just a life of one king after another. And, and you just kind of see what people are remembered for and the legacy they leave behind. And 
And hopefully what it's done for you is look at your own life and go, gosh, what will I be remembered for? What do I need to fight through this week? Because I don't want to end like this guy or this guy or this guy. I do want to be like this guy. And and that, that's what reading through uh, Second Chronicles was for me, was just looking at these different kings, the impact they had on all these different people, um, and really the legacy that they left behind. But... Uh, we kind of left off last week at Second uh, Chronicles chapter, around chapter 20, and that's where you have uh, King Jehoshaphat. And there were just some cool things I want to point out uh, about his life. I love um, the way he followed God. And then in, in verse 29 of Second Chronicles 20, uh, it says, The fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Uh, Through his life, you just see the sovereignty of God, and you see that by the end, it's like everyone was afraid of Jehoshaphat's God. They saw the power. They, they, they saw just how, man, when Jehoshaphat cried out to God, and there's a, yeah, let's jump back. I, I got to point out a couple of things. I mean, when, when, uh, when he prays to God in, in verse 12, uh, he says, we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Isn't that, isn't that a great prayer? Let me read it again, because this may apply to something going on in your life right now, where he he cries out, he says, we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I believe God just loves hearing prayers like that. It's like, God, I am up against something that is so much bigger than me, and I seriously have no clue what to do, but my eyes are on you. Man, and God listens to that prayer and and answers him. And and the Lord says in in, uh, verse 15, he says, do not be afraid Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then in verse 17, it says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. And uh, and then in uh, verse 17, he says, Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head, with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Man, such a beautiful picture for all of us. I, I mean, Sometimes when I read the Old Testament, I just go, gosh, I wish I was there. Gosh, I I wish I could have been one of those guys just with my face to the ground with a group of people just expecting God to move that way. And sure enough, God moves. And uh, and it wasn't even uh, Judah that went and, and won this fight. God actually had these armies fight with each other. 
And, uh, and it says in verse 24, when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. So that, that's the picture. This, this, this is amazing. You know, God's saying, don't be afraid. You just cried out to me. You didn't know what to do. There's no answer for you. How are you going to defeat this army? Well, he has them fight against each other. And by the time they get in their watchtower, go, okay, okay, are they coming? Are they coming? They look and they see, oh no, it's just a bunch of dead bodies now. And God says, look, this isn't your battle. I've got this. I mean, is that the kind of prayer life you have where you just expect these types of things? Where, where God, you know what? You could end this thing right now. I'm, I'm clueless, but you could do whatever you want to do. And so that's what you have with Jehoshaphat. Um, in, in verse 32, it says, He walked in the way of Asa his father and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. So Jehoshaphat dies after serving the Lord with his life, and then his son Jehoram takes over. And sadly, Jehoram's life was the opposite of his dad, goes the opposite direction, which man, we see this so often, where you have this person that's following, 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 but there's no guarantee that his children are going to do the same thing. And so Jehoram does the opposite and lives a very uh, miserable life, uh, does not follow the Lord at all, leads Israel into sin. And uh, it, it ends in verse 18 of, of chapter 21. After all this, the Lord struck him in his bowels with an incurable disease. In the course of time, at the end of two years, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great agony. His people made no fire in his honor like the fires made for his fathers. He was 32 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem, and he departed with no one's regret. What a terrible, terrible phrase. He departed with no one's regret. Isn't that insane? You've got Jehoshaphat, who was like this amazing leader, depending on God. And then his son takes over, you know, and he, he ranges for, for eight years. And by the, time, by the time he's done and he dies, you know, of this disease that God inflicts upon him, it says not, no one regretted it. It wasn't like, oh, bummer, he's dead. Not a single person uh, regretted his death. Um, and, then, and then you move on to the next king, who is uh, Athaliah. And uh, the interesting thing about him, if you look at verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 22, it says, He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor, in doing wickedly, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as the house of Ahab had done. Um, you know, just a quick note. I mean, here's a guy who is following the counsel of his mother, but his mother was giving evil counsel, and he just went along with it. And yes, the Bible tells us to honor our father and mother, but the Bible also says that we love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, all our soul, all our mind. And that, that, that uh, he also tells us to hate our father, hate our mother in that context 
of, man, when it's time to serve the Lord, look, he is first, he is way first. And then here's this, uh, the man who's following his, his mother's advice, even when it was wicked. And uh, so he does wickedly. And after he dies, his, his mom tries to take over. She takes over for a little while. But, but what, what happens is one of the sons actually gets, a, you know, escapes because the mom, I mean, there's just a brutal, brutal reign. Uh, she destroys all the royal family, but there's this one son that gets taken away by one of the daughters and, uh, and she's hidden in the house of God. And this is kind of a cool story because then you've got this priest. The next few uh, chapters really aren't so much about the kings, but, but more about this priest, Jehoiada. And uh, it says in, uh, in uh, 2 Chronicles 23, in the seventh year, Jehoiada took courage. Um, what happens is after that baby is now seven years old, Jehoiada decides, you know what? It's time to make him the king. We've been hiding him, but he really should be reigning. Let's get uh, the, the mother um, out of there. And so sure enough, they uh, take the mother out and... Uh, I mean, really take her out. I mean, they, they kill her. And in verse 16, it says, Jehoiada made a covenant between himself and all the people in the king that they should be the Lord's people. And so they make Joash the king now. Joash is seven years old. Um, 2 Chronicles 24 says, seven years old when he began to reign. And he reigns for 40 years. And it says that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord Get this, all the days of Jehoiada, the priest. Okay, so so this is the priest that kind of raised him in that temple, you know, from when he was like a little baby. And so he was like his counselor for these 40 years. Um, I mean, he was seven years old, so you kind of need a little bit of help. And uh, Jeho- Jehoiada leads him in the ways of the Lord. He does everything that's right. And uh, But the phrase is that, Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada, the priest. Um, But then in verse 17 of that same chapter, it says, Now after the death of Jehoiada, uh, the princes of Judah came and paid homage to the king. Then the king listened to them, and they abandoned the house of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and served the ashram and the idols, and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this guilt of theirs. Yet he sent prophets among them to bring them back to the Lord. These testified against them, but they would not pay attention. So it's this, it's this picture of Jehoiada. I mean, he's such a great priest that when he was alive, he was able to influence the king and keep him on the right track and, and keep really that country on the right track, that nation on the right track. But then, but then once he dies, everything changes. And suddenly other counselors come along and they abandon God. And, and then I, I love the next couple verses because it's Zechariah. He, he only gets three verses, but okay, so after Jehoiada dies, it says, then the spirit of God clothed Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, and he stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do you break the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? 
Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. But they conspired against him, and by command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness that Jehoiada, Zechariah's father, had shown him, but killed his son. And when he was dying, he said, May the Lord see and avenge. Man, I mean, we only get three verses of Zechariah here in Second Chronicles, but man, what a great legacy. Uh, it says the Spirit of God clothed him. It's like the Spirit of God just covered him, and he stood up with this courage, and he just stands in front of all the people and says, why? What are you guys doing? Why do you break the commands of God so you can't prosper? And it's because, listen to that phrase, because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. And the people get angry, the king gets angry, and they stone him to death. And that's it. And as he's dying, he says, may the Lord see and avenge. Well, then we go on, and gosh, I could just go on about so many of these stories. Um, so then you move on to Amaziah, and uh, there's, a, there's an interesting verse. Okay, let me read this. There's a lot of interesting verses. <laughs> I'll say that a lot. Uh, chapter 25, verse 2. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. Let me read that again. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. That's just a, a sad verse because I, I think we all know people like this. Not that we're judging or whatever, but more just sad and and maybe some of you that are even listening or hearing this verse and going, gosh, a lot of times I go through the motions and maybe I do the right things, but not with a whole heart. Like I'm just not really that into it. Um, I'll go with it. Uh, I'm not doing anything horrible in my life, but to say that my heart belongs to God is just not true. And... Um, you know, that was, that was Amaziah. It's like he did a lot of the right things, yet not with a whole heart. And uh, again, you see it, it leads to his demise. And um, well, it's, we got to keep moving on. Uzziah is, uh, is the next king. And I do want to point some things out about him because he was a great king. In verse 4 of, of chapter 26, it says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. So Uzziah took over when he was 16 years, and he reigned for 52 years. That's a long time. He had a great reign, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and uh, and and he sought God, um, who you know who 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 made him prosper. You see in verse five, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper, and so they were prospering militarily. I mean, it was a great time in the history of Israel. Um, 
And then in verse 15, it says, His fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Okay, this is this is key. This this maybe is my favorite part of what I'm going to share today. Okay, verses 15 and 16. Listen to this again. His fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. Man, 52 years, 52 years, this guy was reigning, 52 years, he was walking with the Lord and things are going well and he's prospering. And then, and then it says his fame spread far. Why? Because he was marvelously helped. Okay, why did he become great? Why was his fame everywhere? Because he was marvelously helped. I mean, he didn't do it. This was God's marvelous help. It was God's grace in his life. Going, man, watch what I do with you. Watch what happens when someone follows me. And so he's doing great and he becomes famous. And he was marvelous, marvelously, I love that phrase, marvelously helped till he was strong. So God helped him, helped him, helped him, and then he became strong. And it says, when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. How many times have we seen this happen in Scripture and in life? That, that, that in life, you know, some of you, you were weak at one point. You were at the bottom and you just cry out. And then God marvelously helps you. He doesn't get you back on your feet and things start going again. But then once you get strong, once you get a little money in your pocket, once you get your health back, once your relationship is back, once you get another job, whatever it is, you get to that point And then there's something in you that's like, I'm good now. And your heart grows proud like you did something. In that phrase, when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. And we see this over and over and over again. Remember last week when we talked about King Asa? It was like, man, he was good for 35 years. But then he started relying on other people and other resources and it's like gosh the lord and what what was that verse in second chronicles 16 9 is like the eyes of the lord there he's looking to strengthen someone he's looking to help and here with uzziah he marvelously helped him but what happens and it's it, it can happen to any of us you just start getting proud when you get strong and it'll destroy you like the bible says pride comes before the fall and so that's what happens to Uzziah. He got a little arrogant, um, kind of just walked into the temple when he wasn't supposed to, and God strikes him with leprosy. Uh, verse 21, King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, um, and he was excluded from the house of the Lord. 
And then, uh, then his son Jotham takes over. He's 25. He reigns for 16 years. And I, I like what happens though in verse two. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done, except he did not enter the temple of the Lord. So he saw what his dad did wrong and he avoided it. So um, in verse six, Jotham became mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord of God, uh, before the Lord his God. Um, and then you've got Ahaz in chapter 28. Uh, he did not do what was right in the Lord. He was terrible. Um, and uh, in verse 3, it says he even burned his sons as an offering. Um, and uh, he, he made Judah act sinfully. Uh, you see in verse 19, the Lord humbled Judah because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah act sinfully and had been very unfaithful to the Lord. Uh, and, okay, then you've got Hezekiah. Hezekiah was awesome. Um, Hezekiah was a good king. Uh, there's some verses I just want to point out. Um, in uh, chapter 31, so he gets a few chapters because he was a good king. Uh, verse 20, Hezekiah did throughout all Judah. Wait, I blew it. Okay. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. And every work that he undertook in the service of the house of God, in accordance with the law and the commandments, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. So, again, these are the things we wish people would say about us at the end, right? Whatever he did, he did with all of his heart and he prospered. He did it as unto the Lord. He followed the commands. Um, when uh, Sennacherib was coming against Judah, I love the phrase that he, he, he speaks in, in chapter 32, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him. For there are more with us than him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. <laughs> Not a great verse. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. That's That was the attitude of Hezekiah. See, he's going back to the humility, back to, man, I don't care that there's a giant army out there. He goes, there's more with us. Did you catch that? There's more with us than with him. Yeah, he has more people, but he says they've got an arm of flesh but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Man, that's the attitude that God wants of us, right? Where it's like, man, I know the whole deck is stacked against me. Look at that army out there, but I'm actually in a better position. There's more with me because I have God. And so it doesn't matter. See, that army has an arm of flesh. I have the living God. And so God delivers him over and over and over and uh, man, there's there's one time, okay, even with Hezekiah in verse uh, 25 of chapter 32, but Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him, 
for his heart was proud. Therefore, wrath came upon him and Judah and Jerusalem. It's like, no, not again. Not another king that's killing it. That's just this amazing king. And then he gets arrogant and his heart gets proud. But if you look at verse 26, but Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. I love that. Okay, yes, Hezekiah screwed up. He got a little arrogant here, but he did it. He humbled himself. Man, this is it. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Okay, we're going to blow it. And you see all these kings that got into their pride once they got strong. And it's just human nature. It creeps in. But the response is what matters. Hezekiah is the one guy that catches himself. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to humble him. I'm going to humble myself. And uh, I'm going to get everyone else to humble themselves. We blew it. We got a little arrogant. Now let's, let's change. Let's go back to what God is here. And uh, this is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, man, I'm taking a lot of time. Let me just fly through the rest of the kings. Um, after him, uh, there's not too much good. Uh, you, you know, you got Manasseh, um, who was evil, but uh, he, he, there was some good in, in verse 12 of chapter 33. When he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. So here's a guy that lived an, uh, an arrogant life, didn't do anything, but at some point humbled himself and God had compassion. Isn't that awesome? I mean, this guy was, a, he lived a miserable life. He was leading God's people in the wrong way. And yet when he humbled himself greatly before God and prayed, God was moved, it said, and heard him. And that's when Manasseh knew that he was God. So I guess, I don't know what you call him. I guess bad king, good ending. And uh, then you've got Ammon in, in, uh, in chapter 33. Uh, he didn't humble himself. It says in 23, he did not humble himself before the Lord as Manasseh, his father, had humbled himself. Um, so he, he only reigned for two years. Uh, then you have Josiah. Oh, man, I could do a whole sermon on Josiah. But you've probably heard sermons on Josiah. So I don't need to go through them. He, he was really the last great king. Um, I got to at least read verses uh, 19 to 21, where it says, when the king heard the words of the law, he, this is, this is when they found the book of the law and, uh, and Josiah, and they read it to Josiah and it says, when he heard the words of the Lord, he, Lord of the law, he tore his clothes and the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, da, 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 da. I don't know how to pronounce the words, and, um, but if you say them like you, like you know what you're saying, then everyone just starts pronouncing them like you. 
Hilkiah, Achim. Anyways, in verse 21, go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So, Josiah, and, and remember, Josiah was eight years old when he started reigning. And, uh, but in his reign, when he hears the word of the Lord, what does he do? He just tears his clothes. He repents. He, gets all the, he just starts making reform after reform after reform. See, that, that's, there are those who hear the word of God and they respond, they repent. And there's others that we see over and over again, even when God sends his prophets, they don't listen. Um, but read it for yourself. You, you've got Josiah, the last good king, gets killed in battle, and then it's just one bad king after the other. In chapter 36, which is the last chapter we'll go through, you've got Jehoahaz, who was an evil king, um, Eliakim, you know, who changed his name to Jehoiakim, evil king, you got Jehoiachin, evil king. You've got Zedekiah, evil king. Um, and uh, you have in verse 12, um, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Uh, verse 14, all the officers of the priests and the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. But look at this, verse 15. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. So it's like, okay, God still has compassion, sends messenger, 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 and they mock him, scoff him, do not obey him. It says until there's just no more remedy. And that's where it ends is with Babylon coming in taking uh, the, the Israelites captive and uh, for 70 years. And then comes Cyrus, the king of Persia at the very end, who comes in and uh, says, whoever's with the Lord is God, let him go up. Let's go back to Jerusalem after those 70 years. And, and so this is, this is the environment that's going on. If you've got the prophets during the exile and then, uh, you know, the, the coming back into the land and this is kind of the environment that uh, we, we leave the Old Testament and move into the New. And, and we'll just start off with the book of Matthew next week. But I, I hope you enjoy this reading of the Old Testament. Um, that was a long haul. It was a few months. And there's times when it was difficult. But now we're going to move into the New Testament, the life of Jesus, uh, to save us from this whole mess. But just remember, you know, this is the same God, the Old Testament, New Testament, you read the stories of these kings, and it's it's no different from us today. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you've done. Um, and maybe you were doing great for a while. You got a little cocky. 
And maybe today is the day where you humble yourself. Like Hezekiah, catch yourself and humble yourself. Maybe you're like those kings who were doing the right things, but they didn't do it with their whole heart. So you know what? Just to confess that before God. Um, because the one thing we see over and over and over is everything is about having God with you. When God is with you, everything's going to be okay. We're going to have those miserable weeks, tough weeks, but when you see the hand of God with you, there just should be this confidence that arises. And even when everything's against you, you go, you know what? I've got more with me than it's against me because that is all an arm of flesh and I've got the living God on my side. So enjoy him, keep studying his word, and we'll uh, talk to you next week.